Welcome back to the Commemorate podcast, a series dedicated to highlighting pioneers from our collective history. Some you may know, some you may not. What's important is keeping their memories alive. So, spread their stories, their achievements, and share this knowledge with your friends. In this episode, we shine a light on Harriet Tubman. Tubman was born in Maryland as Araminta Ross. Her enslaved parents were Harriet Green, a skilled cook, and Ben Ross, a skilled woodsman. The year of her birth is, as with many enslaved people, not known, but generally considered to be around 1820. Also known as Minty, or Moses, Tubman was an American abolitionist and political activist who also took roles as a Civil War scout, spy, nurse, and suffragist. She is, however, best remembered for her tireless efforts in helping enslaved people to freedom. Tubman was one of nine children after her parents married in 1808. Sadly, three of her siblings were sold, separating them from the family forever. When a trader wanted to buy the youngest, he was hidden, aided by enslaved and freed men in the community. When force was attempted, her mother announced, You are after my son, but the first man that comes into my house I will split his head open. The sale was abandoned. Tubman was frequently whipped, but resisted by wearing layers to minimize the damage and by fighting back. Nonetheless, she grew up covered in scars, as a teenager, she suffered a severe head injury from a two-pound metal weight thrown by an overseer. Despite the injury, she was left without medical care for two days, eventually leaving her with lifelong painful headaches and seizures. Following this injury, Tubman began experiencing visions, eventually leading her to God and the Old Testament, which spoke of deliverance. This belief guided her actions throughout the rest of her life. Around 1844, she married a free black man named John Tubman. During the marriage, she also changed her first name to Harriet after her mother, possibly in a bid to help her escape slavery. Despite this, in 1849, she became ill again, which diminished her value as a slave. Her owner was unable to find a buyer, Tubman began to pray, asking her God to kill him if he was never going to change his heart. A week later, he died, to which she expressed regret. Nonetheless, his death increased the likelihood of her family being broken apart for sale. Tubman noted that she had a right to liberty or death, and so, in the same year, escaped with two of her brothers to Philadelphia. But they changed their mind possibly as one of her brothers had just become a father and returned. Despite this, she escaped again, this time making use of the Underground Railroad. This was a well-organized network run by free and enslaved blacks and white abolitionists, including members of the Quakers. Pretending to work for white families, then traveling at night to avoid detection, Tubman eventually crossed into Philadelphia. Once there, she worked odd jobs to save up money, all the while wishing to return to Maryland and free her family. However, during 1850, U.S. Congress passed the Fugitive State Law, which compelled all states to assist in capturing escaped slaves, even if they had outlawed the practice. 
The law came with stringent punishments for aiding and abetting. Nevertheless, a year later, Tubman returned to Maryland to rescue more family members. Sadly, she found her husband remarried, not wishing to leave, so instead she rescued 11 people, leading them safely back over 90 miles to Philadelphia and then on to Canada. Over 11 years, Tubman returned to Maryland, rescuing 70 slaves over 13 expeditions, including some of her brothers, their wives, and some of their children. She also provided instructions to around 60 other fugitives who had escaped north. All these efforts led to her being named Moses, after the prophet in the Bible who led the Hebrews to freedom. One of her final missions was for her parents. By this point, her father had bought her mother from their owner, who'd ignored their right to freedom after the age of 45. When she learned he was at risk of arrest for harboring escaped slaves, she rescued them. Tubman was incredibly ingenious in planning escapes, for instance, undertaking them on Saturdays, knowing the papers would not print runaway notices or rewards until Monday. She would also code messages into songs to indicate whether it was safe to proceed. But always, as she crossed the border to safety, Tubman would cry out, Glory to God and Jesus too. One more soul is safe. While rewards were offered, Tubman and those she helped were never captured. As she put it, I was conductor of the Underground Railroad for eight years and I never lost a passenger. In early 1859, abolitionist Republican Senator Seward sold Tubman land on the outskirts of Auburn, New York. The following year, Tubman conducted her last rescue mission. Again, while hoping to rescue family members, she once again liberated others and took them to safety. In 1861, the Civil War started. Tubman saw Union victory as key for the abolition of slavery. However, it was not until 1863 that President Lincoln finally issued the Emancipation Proclamation, which Tubman considered vital in the liberation of black people from slavery. With this, she renewed her support to defeat the Confederacy. Later that year, Tubman became the first woman to lead an armed assault during the Civil War. She guided three steamboats down the Combahee River, sounding their whistles to alert slaves to their rescue. While on shore, Union troops set fire to the plantations and seized thousands of dollars worth of food and supplies. More than 750 slaves were rescued in the raid, leading newspapers to proclaim Tubman's patriotism and ability. For two more years, Tubman worked with the Union, tending to newly liberated slaves, soldiers, and scouting into enemy territory until the Confederacy surrendered in 1865. She then returned home to New York. Sadly, despite everything she'd done, in 1869, a train conductor told her to move to the baggage car. She showed her government-issue papers and refused, but was still forcibly removed, breaking her arm in the incident. This act of defiance was later cited by Rosa Parks. Despite her years of service, Tubman never received a regular salary and was denied compensation. Despite the poverty she endured, Tubman never ceased her humanitarian work, keeping odd jobs and taking in boarders. It was here she met Nelson Davis, an ex-soldier and 22 years her junior, 
but even so, they married in 1869. Sadly, he died in 1888 from tuberculosis. In 1873, facing rising debts, Tubman fell prey to a swindle involving gold transfer. New York responded with outrage to the incident and lambasted the con men. She received some support but remained living in poverty. Not until the Dependent and Disability Pension Act in 1890 was Tubman made eligible for a pension as Davis' widow. But even then, it took a further seven years until a bill was introduced to grant Tubman a soldier's monthly pension for her own service in the Civil War. In later years, Tubman worked to promote the cause of women's suffrage. A white woman once asked Tubman if women should have the right to vote. She replied, I suffered enough to believe it. In her continued efforts to help others, the Harriet Tubman Home for the Aged celebrated its opening in 1908. Sadly, by 1911, Tubman was seriously ill and penniless and moved into the home she'd started. While supporters continued to make donations, she died on 10th of March 1913. Tubman was buried with semi-military honors at Fort Hill Cemetery, Auburn. After her death, Tubman became an icon of courage and freedom, inspiring generations of African Americans, struggling for equality and civil rights. In addition, many things have been named in her honor, one of the first being the SS Harriet Tubman in 1944, the first Liberty ship to be named after a black woman. Tubman is also the subject of many works of art, including songs, novels, sculptures, paintings, movies, and theatrical productions. This includes The Ballad of Harriet Tubman by Woody Guthrie and Thea Musgrave's opera Harriet, which premiered in 1985. Sculptures of Tubman have been placed around America, such as the 1993 Underground Railroad Memorial, with her leading a group of slaves to freedom. Tubman was inducted into the National Women's Hall of Fame in 1973. And so in closing, we commemorate Harriet Tubman. Thank you for listening. The Commemorate Podcast, read by Adam Roach, written by Andy Case, edited by Tom Austin Morgan. We hope you've enjoyed Series 1 of the Commemorate Podcast. We hope to be back with Series 2 to shine a light on more pioneers. Follow us on Twitter at CommemoratePod1. And don't forget, five-star reviews will help keep these histories alive. Thank you.